0: Hello, listeners. (laughs) Hi. I am so thrilled today to bring you part two of our magical conversation with the creator of Hocus Pocus and so many other iconic projects, a creative magician, David Kirshner. I do feel like you need to know, I feel like it's important information that I tell you that I am recording this from our Halloween haven. Our Halloween-drenched apartment. I mean, in full candor, I have been waking up in the middle of the night with ideas on how to decorate this apartment since August. Okay, fine. Since July. And now it looks like a spirit Halloween store threw up in here. (laughs) It's finally here! I really don't know what I'm going to do when I have to take these decorations down. I will possibly need to be admitted somewhere on how to recover from Halloween. A Halloween recovery program, if you know of one, please. DM me. Just to paint the scene for you, I would like to invite you inside now. It's brimming with pumpkins and spiders, orange twinkling lights, some orange and black garland that is sparkling on the windowsill. I've got candles, I've got spider webs, I've got skeletons, I mean the list goes on. But most importantly, there's lots of Hocus Pocus merch. Because spoiler alert, I'm hosting a Hocus Pocus 2 screening party! Ah! Please indulge me just for one more second while I rattle off some of the amazing items out here that I have. I've got two shiny Sanderson sister cauldrons, one gloriously large one from Hallmark that says, I smell children. And then a little mug version of that that my friend Bob A gave me. Shout out to Bob a. he's so kind. I also have a lovely hocus pocus print from artist Sammy Gorin. You may recognize her stuff, she's incredible. Sorry if this is too much information for you, but I'm gonna keep going. I raided Michaels and HomeGoods and so much more. I mean, did you know there's even a Hocus Pocus Yahtzee game? And yes, I am going to force my guests to play it. I'm just so excited for this movie that's been in the works for nearly three decades to finally fly onto our screens. Woo! But first, we have a spooktacular interview to hold you over. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one of the David Kirshner chat, please pause this and go do that right now. It's ghoulishly good. And maybe while you're there, leave us a five-star review, what, what? Okay, for context, I'm going to include a mini-bio on David and then we'll soar into an amazing conversation like Kathy and Jimmy on two Roombas. If you know, you know. Speaking of Kathy, there may be a little surprise in here from her too. I don't know, you'll have to listen. Today's guest is the iconic producer, screenwriter, illustrator, and all-around creative mastermind David Kirshner. His career is like the perfect trick-or-treat bag, brimming with a plethora of treats. It's going to be hard to concise it here, but I'll try my best. Though when you speak to Kirshner, you feel like his origin must have been from a pumpkin patch or graveyard in the hallowed grounds of Salem. He's actually a Los Angeles native. David began his illustrious career as an illustrator for Jim Henson's Muppet and Sesame Street characters. Elmo loves David Kushner! (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. If this is your first time listening, by the way, you're in for a real weird time. David also created art for prolific talents like Neil Diamond. At 23, he wrote and illustrated a series of children's books entitled Rose Petal Place. Success really struck like lightning in 1986 when Kirshner created and executive produced An American Tale alongside Steven Spielberg, which went on to become the highest grossing non-Disney animated feature of all time and spawned several sequels and even a TV spinoff. In 1989, Kirshner was appointed the chairman of Hanna-Barbera Productions, where he worked on countless iconic properties from The Addams Family, to the Flintstones to the Pagemaster, which I love. You may also know him as the creator of Chucky, the insidious doll that has been terrorizing viewers across a hit franchise of slasher films and most recently a television series for a very long time. Currently the head of his own production company, aptly named David Kirshner Productions. Here are some other highlights along the way of his producing that I really wanna mention. The Golden Globe-nominated film, Miss Potter, starring Renee Zellweger. The Curious George franchise, ah! And an animated special of Ray Bradbury's legendary book, The Halloween Tree, which is very close to his heart. Speaking of Halloween, we are of course here today to focus on one of the particularly glorious stories that was plucked from the patch of David's spooktacular mind, Pocus. Hocus Pocus. David first conjured up the idea for three evil witches vying to suck the life out of children as a bedtime story for his own kids. As magic so often does, it seemingly took on a life of its own. As fate would have it, David got a meeting at Disney, where he turned the entire boardroom into a Halloween haven, decorating the walls and spilling candy across the table. Disney was smitten, and Hocus Pocus, was a go. Add Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy into the mix as the three witches and a dream becomes a reality. Though the film wasn't originally a box office success, the Sanderson sisters wove their spell over audiences as time passed. Almost three decades later, Hocus Pocus is a cult classic and there's a sequel on the way. That's right, Hocus Pocus 2 soars onto Disney Plus on September 30th, with all three witches reprising their roles. Ahead of the sequel, David so graciously talked with me about the kindness he felt while making the original, and then the sequel. As he zoomed in from his otherworldly office, he showed me the original Black Flame Candle, Winnie's spell book, book, and above all else, kindness. I seriously cannot stress how kind David is. As always, please stay tuned after the interview for your kindness tip of the week. Once again, if it is not clear, I'm so grateful to have made a friend in this kindred spirit. Without further ado, please enjoy part two of our conversation with the delightful David Kirshner.
1: Can I, can I just show you? Can I get the black flame candle and book? Oh, it? please.
0: Yeah, I'll try not to pass out.
1: It's just it, it's it's like 10 steps away. One second.
0: Yes. This room looks so magical.
1: I brought three things to share with you.
0: <gasps> three heart attacks okay. coming your way.
1: <laughs> this is my original black flame candle. I'm going to put it close that Lizzie um, just went to the grocery store and got me a candle. I think there's the labels under there. Wow. And, um, and I took brown, well, I took just regular paper and I put it in the oven and made it look like old parchment. And then I drew on it all kinds of things that I copied uh, from books and uh, uh, with words like purgatory and and then other words in Latin, but I don't know what they mean. Um, and then just did really detailed drawings of of women in power and all of that and then this is this is the book that i presented back in the day and oh my goodness is, it it's my it's my biology book from high school but i never returned <laughs> and that's how we put it together but that's um that became book and uh my friend Robin built this for me, uh, based on my drawing. And, um, so, so cool. that that's what,
0: that's fitting. Cause you know, it's made of skin. So the biology book, I feel like, you know, gives it some gravitas. I never,
1: yeah, never, <laughs> if I ever get arrested for never returning it, I will, I will explain, uh, I will explain that. Well, I'll bail this you out. Just, okay. <laughs> this book just came out from Disney. Yes. It is so well done. I was so pleased by it. Um, and the first book that came out that had the original story and another story, I wasn't wild about. But this, I mean, the, the art is, is by a, a guy named Gris, who is incredibly famous for his style. And mm. how he got him is beyond me, but I'm so happy. And it's, it, they did such a great job. So about, beautiful. He did art and the way that it's written. I, I just, I was so happy about this book. Oh, 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 wait, let me show you just one more thing. Oh, but please this book,
0: do. Yeah, I can't wait to get that book. I have it coming.
1: If you take off the cover, can you see? It's it's the, the book from the beginning of Hocus Focus. Yes! And with all the carving in it, um, <sighs> and when the book kind of undulates uh, and then opens, yes. and they did a just fantastic Disney job on it. Wow. And, uh, as you may know, this started before COVID, but it's now, now it's it seems to be back on, and that is that um, they are, are building a, a Broadway version of, of Hocus Pocus. Yes. And, uh, you know, I just want to pinch myself. I'm just afraid I'm going to be nine years old and on a Little League field again if I pinch myself. <laughs> so I don't want to pick hard. But it's just so wonderful to, just to stand back and watch all of this. And again, you know, it's it's not just me. It's so many people that brought Hocus Pocus to, mm. as I said, from Kenny Ortega and Mick Garris's script and John Debney's uh, score and and Bill Sandel's uh, production design and and now a whole new generation are are working on it and have made it just. I think you're going to be very pleased. I, I really I'm think- so
0: excited. I know I'm going to be. And I've been waiting for Hocus Pocus, the musical. I wrote I wrote for some theater sites and I wrote, I pitched like an entire Hocus Pocus musical years ago. And I think it could oh be, it could probably be the answer. Not that anybody needed me to do that, but I think it could be the answer to the theme park too, because they can transform the lobby into the cottage. I mean, there's like endless opportunities for it to just be this like magical, immersive experience. And I don't know if you've seen Beetlejuice, but... It's a musical, but it almost feels like a, a theme park ride just because of the, the way it's done.
1: I've not seen it, but that sounds amazing. And Tim Burton's mind to me is is amazing. And so, wow. I, I, God, I would love to see that. Every year at Disneyland, we go at Halloween and Christmas. Um, and <laughs> they, have, uh, they have a, uh, they turn the Haunted Mansion into uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And- yeah. The way they've done it is so beautiful. In Florida, they do a Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular show. I'm sure yes. you're familiar with that. Yeah. And um, I've, I've only seen it online. I have not been back there to see it. But they just had me sign another six-year deal on That's that. Awesome. But it's so successful for them. And, you know, I watch it and I just cry. I mean, it just mm. it, they do such a beautiful job of the girls back for one night from the dead. And what do they do but host a dinner party for all the villains of the <laughs> Disney characters. And so just like to see characters that I created standing next to just these iconic characters, just, oh, God, mm. just, I I get so excited.
0: Yeah, well, your characters are iconic now. They're stitched on the fabric of Halloween. They, They are Halloween, honestly, to me and so many people. And I think because it's built on that foundation of love with you and your children, it's just, it'll stand the test of time. And it's so beautiful. And speaking of love and kindness, I've been geeking out, but I would love to know if you can share any stories about acts of kindness on set of, I know you couldn't be on set of Hocus Pocus too, but anything that comes to mind within the Hocus Pocus world that kind of touches your heart.
1: Well, I think um, that on the first film was very kind and had um, a, a, a couple of people that um, were massage therapists that she would bring in for the crew. And just, just as an act of kindness. I mean, I, I oh. you know, it was just, she didn't make a big deal of it. It just kind of threw her people. This is what Bet would like to do. So would you make sure that it's taken care of? And that's what, that's what we did. And I, I was very struck by that, that she even, you know, she's Bette Midler. She's a diva. She's, you know, I say that in the best way. Yeah. You know, she's just, she's a, she's in another stratosphere, and yet she's thinking of people. And the only other person that ever did that on a movie was Renee Zellweger mm. on Miss Potter. She did that for the crew as Love well. Love that I, movie. I, when people do that. Oh, thank you. I
0: see her behind you. I, I keep seeing her face poke out behind you. I think. Oh,
1: oh, that's right. The poster, the <laughs> poster there.
0: That's so special.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it looks like such a magical little office that you've carved out for yourself. And I uh, love the oh, light fixture
1: here wait. I'm going to show you one other thing. Please do. Normally I never show, but.
0: Oh, wow. You're spoiling me. <sighs> oh my and goodness. That,
1: that graveyard is, if you look closely. Mm-hmm. those headstones it's the entire orchestra and this is a, a piece that i've written that michael jackson was my partner on and uh, obviously you know what happened uh, after that uh, that he passed away but um that's for this other project called through the horn that is a story about uh black music in america and this young girl that is like tchaikovsky or mozart in the inner city and she as all my story steps into a fantasy. Again, you know, I've never been a little black girl, but I I like writing stories and it it, it doesn't matter to me gender or um or color or it's just an experience of childhood and, and mm. then I'll bring in a, a screenplay writer to to write the story um of it.
0: I think that's so amazing i got to thank you for that because you're, you allow people to not only feel seen, but to see, to see themselves and also see the possibility of a better future. And you, you've done a great job, I think, with representation and, and telling stories, you know, Hocus Pocus, even it's like built around these three strong women. It's, it's such a female centered story. And, and we need more people like you that are kind of championing that. And that's kindness to me as well. So thank you. <laughs>
1: Well, as a father of of two strong women um, and married to a really strong woman, an MBA. um, Mm. uh, And, you know, I grew up in a house with not only my mom and my sister, but my grandmother who I worshipped. I mean, it's amazing. I, my grandmother's been gone about 45 years and uh, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't, I don't think about her. I There's so much of my childhood that was formed by her love for me and kindness to mm. me, and it's it's just the way that I try to be a grandparent to to our three grandchildren as well. just being a really fun person and creating uh moments. like when our kids were growing up, we used I used to have a game called Hide and Go Freak <laughs> and um, and Hide and Go Freak. Liz and I would turn off all the lights in the house. And it was uh, the 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 house that we the new this house we we recently built, but the old house was about a hundred years old and uh, and uh, about ten thousand square feet. and we would turn off all the lights, turn on the fireplaces, and turn on music. There's a piece of music called Penderecki's The Entombment of Christ Ooh. that is all Gregorian chants, and I would play the um the, the craze killer. We're playing.
2: Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> I would play the, the craze killer that that escaped from jail and I'm uh and they have to hide in this house. Uh, they loved it. And and I created a newer version of that for our, our uh our grandkids in, <laughs> in this house. And uh it's just you know as our older daughter who's incredibly creative uh She's creative director for a big advertising agency and has done a bazillion films. The first thing she ever did was Wicked. She created the logo of the one sister whispering in the other one's ear. Oh wow! Uh, for, for Wicked, yeah, she's uh, amazing. Uh, and the other is a really creative jewelry designer. Um, but uh, I, as they both have said, they grew up in a house that was a very creative house. There was a great deal of of love and. Um, and that you as a woman could go out and do anything in the world that that you that you want that you dream, mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 really um, I look back on it it it, it does make me emotional because I think I'm closer to one end of the field than than I was 20 years ago. Um, but um, it's 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 been such a wonderful ride, and I've been so 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 blessed. Starting with my my dear wife and then children and grandchildren and and just to Liz, who's really kind of the adult in the relationship. Okay. Well, it's good to have. Yeah. I've never written a, a check in my life. I've never balanced a check. This is really <laughs> embarrassing to admit, but Liz just kind of allows me to go and go into a room, draw pictures and write and come out with something mm. that, That feeds our family, and yeah, um, you know, it's uh, I'm lucky that I'm married to someone that really celebrates that. Because when we were first married, you know, she was the first senior VP in this banking institution at a very, very young age, and you know, I was I was at home keeping the house clean and cooking, and at that point, drawing pictures of of Jewish immigrant mice that would become mm. an American tale. And, you know, I wonder what her parents thought. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, is this guy a bum? What is he doing? But they believed in their daughter and she believed in me. And, um, uh, and, uh, and without that belief, I, I wouldn't be here. Cause I'm, my personality is, I just, I need that around me. Yeah. I just, and I'm lucky to have it.
0: That's so beautiful. I think we're so similar in, in a lot of ways, but That grounding too. I mean, I was just even at my aunt's the other day. I call them my fairy god aunts because they have this big kind of creaky house and they're just these two little magical beings. And I don't know what compels me, but every time I'm seeing someone, like in the morning, I creeped around their house and like popped through the kitchen and I scared them. I just, I love being mischievous and kind of scaring people and just starting the day off in a spooky way, which some people don't appreciate. But I, I love that you're saying that. And I think it's interesting too because your gratitude is so beautiful and the fact that your wife worked at a bank and you're saying you've never deposited a check or really go to the bank, but I think you are a bank because you, you seem to deposit in people as much as you withdraw from people, if that makes sense, to continue this, oh, this crazy metaphor, which I think is kindness. It's like that balance of not just always taking, which is really special. So you're kind of, you've cast this spell that I think you're starting to see materialize with your family.
1: Uh, that's a beautiful way of phrasing it. I- hmm. I'm going to tell Lizzie about
0: this the second we're done. Oh, gosh. Tell sure. her hello. Well, I know I, I got to let you go. I would love to know, do you really quickly have time to play a surprise game? Absolutely. Okay. I want to respect your time, but I realized I've I've probably been talking too much. So I'm going to mute myself. And this will be very quick. It's actually not much of a game. It is called the compliment game because I haven't complimented you enough already. And basically, David, I reached out to some people in your life for a compliment or a loving statement about you, and they got back to me. Well, you know you know a lot of really cool people, so actually two got back to me, which is pretty special, and you just have to guess who said it.
1: Okay, I have no idea.
0: I think, honestly, you'll get them because there's some really obvious hints that they've embedded, but these are pretty special, and I think it's amazing that these people specifically took the time to do this. So, all right, here we go. Insert cheesy theme song. Okay. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the A-O-K. It's the compliment. Compliment Compliment. compliment game. This is your first quote. David Kirshner is one of my oldest and dearest friends in the business. David literally gave me my career starting with our work together on Jetson's The Movie and The Halloween Tree. In 1993, David was instrumental in hiring me for the movie that started it all, Hocus Pocus. This movie, while not an initial success, led to a three-film deal for me at Disney. Who could have imagined that our little Halloween movie would become the worldwide phenomenon that families around the world now enjoy year in, year out. Throughout all the intervening years, my love for David has not only grown, but multiplied by 10. David is at once The consummate storyteller extraordinaire but also a deeply kind gracious and loyal friend and comrade when others come in and go in our fickle business david remains the best friend and partner one could ever have we cry every time during the ending of hocus pocus one and again now during the ending of hocus pocus two i can think of no one more passionate more kind nor more gracious than david he is my friend forever and ever, connected by our heartstrings, and is one of the best men I know.
1: That's the amazing John Debney. Yes, <laughs> because when, <laughs> at the twentieth, twenty-fifth anniversary of Hocus Disney, um, decided you know let's let's say to some fans that might be out there, uh, you can come to a screening on the lot, and um, and within. 10 minutes, they were sold out of an 1,100-seat theater.
2: Wow.
1: And so they thought, okay, let's throw up one more. And same thing, within minutes. And anyway, it was a wonderful day. But when John and I watched together, our wives on either side of us, John sitting and I sitting together, and that ending just kills me. Just with, when Factory Binks dies,
2: uh-huh. when
1: Danny's crying, when, when Factory Binks, uh, the boy, the ghost boy, now has been released. And his sister, Emily, takes him up to heaven mm. um, uh, through those gates. I, uh, it just it makes me weep. I, as I'm saying it to you, I have chills and tears in my eyes. Me it's just too. a weird yeah. thing that happens to me. And But at the end, John and I held hands and just cried when we watched that together. It was truly one of the most beautiful moments of, of my life, just, mm. just experiencing that, the fact that we'd been friends for so many years and experiencing uh that together that just really really did it for me um and uh yeah so john debney he's he's incredibly gracious and uh and too generous with his words to say the least but
0: oh no i can tell that
1: that's beautiful i owe him a thank you they're all spot on he
0: sent this right away and he was very excited to do this and he seems like not only such a talented soul, but a really kind one as well. So I think it's cool that you've yeah. united all these people. And is that, do you have a sister? I probably should have looked this up, but is, do you think I, of your I sister?
1: Do. Sadly, she passed away um, just a little more than a year ago, very oh, suddenly sorry. and tragically. Yeah, it was, it, was, um, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty shocking mm. and rough. Yeah,
0: Because, yeah, I have, so I had a, well, I have a sister and a brother, but I had another brother who passed away growing up. And I think for me too, that's why when I watch Hocus Pocus, it hits home for me because it's like that sibling push and pull weird roller coaster relationship that's ultimately just like coded in, in a love like no other in your life. So I cry at the end too, is what I'm saying of Hocus Pocus.
1: Yeah, no, it's, I've said this before in interviews, but it's it's true. That, um, the uh, I'm sorry about your loss with your brother, first and foremost. That's very tragic. Um, Thank you. Um, the, that last scene is completely inspired by um, a movie made by Fox Studios um, uh, starring Rex Harrison and Jean Tierney. It was made in the 40s. It was called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. And it's about a sea captain who... Um, well, it's about a woman who buys a, a great old house. She's been saying no to all these other houses. And, um, and she sees this house looking over the ocean, and it just speaks to her. Mm. And the realtor says, look, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been some problems here. Some people have said it's haunted. You know, who knows you know, <laughs> what people say, make up. But she said, or he says, I just don't think it's probably a good fit for you. And she says, no. This is the house that I want. And sure enough, as she moves in, things begin to go awry, and the sea captain slowly makes his presence known, Mm. and he's a blustery guy who's enraged that a woman has moved into his house, and how dare her, and she's as strong as can be. (sighs) And in the course of the story, these two fall in love, and it's an unrequited love because he's a ghost. I mean, Mm. he's there, but you know, he's not really there. And Mm -hmm. at at the end of the movie, it's been like 35 40 years, whatever, 50 years later. And she's a really old woman. And her housekeeper comes in and brings her her glass of milk and she's holding it. And the housekeeper says, are are you okay? And the housekeeper was a young woman when she lived in with her and they're both old women now. And she says, I'm okay. I'm just a little tired. And, And as the housekeeper walks out, you just see her just kind of close her eyes and the milk falls out of her hands and hits the floor. And the camera pans to the windows and the windows blow open. And and just these magnificent clouds are there.
2: Mm. And
1: stepping down from heaven is handsome Rex Harrison. And he steps into the room and takes his hand and puts it out. And the young the young woman version of herself steps out and they walk up, step on the window box and out the window and walk up towards heaven. Mm. And I just, whoa, that's the way that I want to go one day. I want to go back to Lizzie a yeah, hundred years from now and mm. and and take her to heaven for us to, to be in the heaven that we're in, uh, that we live in every day. Um, that is our love for each other, and uh oh. that that scene just killed me, but that that was my inspiration, and probably more to the point. Uh, it's probably pretty much ripped off from from the ghost no. when they walk when they walk through those gates, that mm. to me is like the window going to heaven and um i, I it's funny. I've written a couple scenes uh, um I, there's a story I wrote called, Um the Dreamer of Oz that mm. um I'm approach on now for, for a, uh, a a musical version, play version of it that John Ritter starred in. Mm. and um, It's about L. Frank Baum who created The Wizard of Oz who was, I mean, first of all, John Ritter was the kindest person in the world I've and he that, plays yeah. this role so beautifully, but he's saying goodbye to his wife at, at the end and um, it's just the way that I would want to say goodbye to my Lizzie and Um, But John just plays the scene so beautifully. I I don't know if you can find The End on YouTube, but if you can watch it, because it's it's it was a little movie that we made for very little money for NBC Mm. for the holidays. But Tom Shales from The Washington Post called it the most glorious uh, movie ever made for television. And it's just like, wow, that that was I mean, we got beautiful reviews for it. Richard, based on uh, on my story, what a beautiful screenplay. Uh, we wrote the story together. And Jack Bender, who went on to win a bazillion Emmys for uh, The Sopranos and mm. for uh, Lost and for Game of Thrones, directed it. Um, and, wow. Uh, so anyway.
0: I mean, No, I'm going to look that up right after. That's so magical. And I don't know if you know, you can find the Hocus Pocus screenplay online that you wrote. At least I think it is there. And I've read it so many times and have had it open and it's such a beautifully put together, well-written screenplay that's, that's a little different than the movie, obviously. It's my, one of my favorite things to read. So I, I think that's beautiful that you give credit to your inspirations because a lot of people don't do that. And it's very
1: kind. No, I, well, I, well, first of all, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I just, I don't know, so many people have been so kind to me from the time I was a little kid. And I, I really took note of it. I remember I was roller skating once in a roller rink and I just couldn't do it. And I remember this big kid. I was probably seven. This big kid who was probably twelve. Just came over to me, and I, I was having probably trying to get up. And he put his hand out to help me stand mm. up. And I just, even as a kid, I just remember thinking, "Wow, that's so nice." And look, you know, there've been plenty of people that haven't been nice. So,
2: yeah.
1: but that that was so nice. And it just, it's one of those things that I, I will remember to the end of my days. Of of people that have just been so kind to me Mm. and that that's my first aside from the likes of my grandmother and parents but just another kid doing something so nice
0: oh yeah you never know what's going to touch and affect you and i think it's good that you remember that maybe more so than the bad things and it's a reason why i wanted to start this podcast and have these conversations just to promote kindness more and get people thinking about it and i luckily experienced a lot of kindness growing up too and when my brother was sick before he passed away it wasn't necessarily people donating money, but it was just the smiles or the hugs or people dropping off dinner at our house that really kind of hit home. It's like these simple acts of kindness in a lot of ways throughout this big dramatic time, which for some reason I remember him and his illness as like a musical in my head. I, I don't know why, but there's so much kindness kind of embedded through the, the grieving process. So before I ramble on about- No,
1: no, I, I, I love hearing that and- um. I mean, it, it hurts my soul and touches my soul at the same time. How old was your brother when he passed away?
0: You know what's really strange? When he was diagnosed with cancer, he was nine. And then when he passed away, he was 11 on 9-11 at 9-11 p.m.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Isn't that really strange? And he was just the happiest kid, always had a huge smile on his face and he loved Hocus Pocus. I mean, these movies are really what kept him going in the hospital. It's what we would all do is like sit around and cram into his bed and watch movies. And so the power of that was never lost on us. But yeah, that that numbers thing is just so weird, the 9-11 thing. And I actually looked, I wasn't in the room when he passed away. And I'm sorry if I'm getting into too many details, but no. I was with my cousins and my family. And I just remember we were watching a movie and something compelled me to turn and look at the digital clock at 9-11. When he passed away, I just happened to look at the clock, and then the next morning, my parents came in and told us, and we all had had a chance to say goodbye because he was sedated. And it, it's like what you were saying before: what do you say to somebody when they're lying there and you know you're never going to see them again? It was so profound and weird, and I, I, I every day since, either look at the clock at nine eleven by chance in the morning or at night. So it's a strange thing, but I do feel him with me and. It's, I think it's again, my hocus pocus gets me even more now because of the symboling the dynamic.
1: What was your brother's name? Thomas. Thomas, okay. Yeah. That's just important for me to have.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's so we started a foundation. This is, I wear this bracelet in his honor, but our tag is Inspire a Smile because that's kind of what he did, wow. even in that really dark time. But thank you for asking about it. That was very
1: oh, no, kind I, of you. It, just, it moves me greatly. And, and it it has, as I said, two effects. It hurts my soul and, and, and it's so beautiful. The way that you've presented the story of, of what you went through and just even being cognizant of, of the nurses and doctors that were kind to your family at such a impossible time.
0: Mm. I mean, it inspires everything I do and, and write and, and act in and, Every day, you know, there's not a day I don't think about it, but I do, I, I've taken up so much of your time and I do want to read you this quote that okay. hopefully will move you as well. And this is also pretty obvious, so I don't think you'll have to go into a huge guessing game with me, but it's lovely. So, and you deserve it. Okay, here we go. David Kirshner is a prince. Does that right away sound like anybody? Because I feel like the term prince is probably only used by a select few people, but I'll continue.
1: Okay, please. I'm sorry. No, not
0: yet. No, okay. We worked together on Hocus Pocus One, and I have never met a showbiz, quote unquote, person as organically warm, sincere, and all around lovely as David. He handled every bump with a gentle breeze of humor. I got to know him and his family, who he adores, and kept waiting for that showbiz eek to come out of his veins. But David is an authentic, organic, and kind person. Here is my favorite story about David. And maybe, oh, and this will give it away. Wait, do you think you know who it is yet?
1: I, I don't know if it's Doug Jones. I, I don't know.
0: Okay, here, okay. This this will probably give it away. I'm gonna take out the name because that'll be a dead ringer, but uh, here's, your, here's this person's favorite story. A Couple of years after we did Hocus Pocus together, I got a call from him saying, hey, can we fly you out to Canada to do a little cameo in my film? I said, of course, Angel, anything for you, David. Okay, I'll, uh, fax, yeah. I'll fax you the script. Yep, those were the olden days of fax machines. I watched as the fax machine slowly chugged and read, Bride of Chucky. Oh God, I have only seen one scary film in my life. And after that, I knew it was too much of a scaredy cat to see anymore. And now I'd be in one, but I had a blast. And again, anything, anytime, for dear David of mine.
1: Uh, Kathy Jimmy.
0: Yes. I just wanted to make sure I read the whole script that she wrote for this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Beginning sounds like uh, something that Doug would say, but um, yeah, uh, Kathy used to come for dinner to our home and she would bring her dog, whose name I think was Floyd. And (laughs) the dog would sit at the table with us. (laughs) Wow. It's just, I mean, that was her plus one. Uh, (laughs) And she was incredibly well mannered, and Liz and I are obsessed by dogs. Oh, and thanks. so uh, we loved it. But yeah, just, uh, you know, she's so funny in the film. And just, you know, she and, and the Roomba twins um, are, uh, are just, they're so funny together. And, you know, she's such, her character is such a suck up to Winifred. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, there, there's some, there's, and there's some changes even in that relationship that, wow. that you'll see. But oh, I can't um, wait. yeah, that was very
0: nice. You know, when I was on the set visit, just whispers were swirling about how kind she is and how she was treating the crew and just the way she was kind of very down to earth. And I thought that was cool to hear because she kind of exudes that happy energy, but also always fights for important causes with her platform. So it's, it's cool to hear that too, that she can just have fun. And I know she improvises a lot in the films. And
1: Oh, so, so much. I mean, that, that line. I mean Neil Neil Cuthbert in the first film wrote a, a lot of really funny stuff. A lot of people were brought in Bette's people to add, you know, humorous bits. Mm. And and Bet is just quick like that too. But Kathy, I remember when when they first go to the come back and they go into the witch's house and Kathy is smelling and she says I, I smell children. She sniffs again. She says seven, maybe seven and a half. <laughs> I, I just love that. I mean that's Kathy. She just did that and then and then Thora pops up and she says, oh, Shishka, baby. And yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, she's just, you know, she's so quick. She's so funny. And um, yeah, no, just, yeah, very kind, really nice. That was nice said, by the way. I will have to thank her for that.
0: Yes. I mean, it's magic on screen. Just the three of them and the story. It's it's the perfect recipe. And this was the perfect time together. I know I've gone way over. I'm so sorry. I usually don't do this, but no, I- No,
1: I love chatting with you. I wish you lived next door. We can, uh, we can watch Hocus uh, together and, yeah. and lots of uh, spooky Halloween movies.
0: Yeah, if you're ever in New England, we'll, we'll make you dinner, we'll have you over, and hopefully we'll have a dog by then, but <laughs> not yet. We had a hamster during the pandemic, which was its own tail.
1: Oh, so. didn't sound like that anyway. well.
0: Oh, no, they just don't live long, but it was, it was yeah. quite a That's lovely... I mean. Yeah, her name was Butter. Uh, what kind of dogs do you have, by the way?
1: Uh, they're, they're mutts. They're I mutts, mean, they're, yeah. One is small, one is tall. Um, <laughs> and they, they look nothing alike, and they're brother and sister, but a female can get pregnant um, by another male suitor up to three weeks after they're already pregnant. Mm. I did not know that. Wow. And uh, so... They have different daddies, but the same mommy, and they're inseparable. And the little one, Debbie, is her name, uh, Deb, she (laughs) cleans his ears and eyes every night. They sleep with us. There's no room for us in our bed. I'm really fighting for a king-size bed. And Liz says, no, I want to be (laughs) next to you. And I said, I'm hanging off the bed every morning. (laughs) Ollie; His head is on my pillow, and he's facing Liz. And oh. I'm literally hanging off the bed, but I don't want to say anything because I feel like they had too rough a life and I just want them to have the best life possible. Oh, Honestly, such... we, don't, we don't go anywhere. We are always here because we feel bad to leave them. And if, mm. and if we go down, if we go just quickly get something to eat for an hour, they look at us like, how could you leave your children? What kind of parents are you?
2: Oh.
1: And, and I feel it. I just I yeah. love them so much. They are my and I think because our, our children are grown, our grandchildren are growing and are, are teenagers. And, and so I just love loving things. So mm. I, and, and they provide me with, with that, uh, the idea of nurturing something that, that needs nurturing.
0: Mm. That's real. that's so beautiful. I think you just struck a chord in me about something about myself. I love loving things. Like, I think it's too much love for my fiance sometimes. Like, I just love, I always want to like be hugging someone or something like that.
1: Uh, I'm the exact same way. No, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm annoying in that way with my family because I just always, I just love loving them. I just love loving them. And I, and yeah, I,
0: yeah, it's like, come closer. No, come closer. No, they're like, I'm literally next, right next to you. Like our shoulders touching. I'm like, closer. I think that's so, that's so cute. Well, besides getting a dog, I would love if you could just end our time together with like a tangible kindness tip. So if you have anything you would love for listeners to take away and incorporate into their day, that could kind of make the world bit by bit a little bit brighter or gloomier, I should say, for you, because that's your that's uh, yes, your bright. Yes,
1: which, yes. And gloomy means wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think just look around you. And be aware and, and cognizant that there are people that that if you go to a restaurant and and the the best person puts water down. My guess is most of the time people don't look up at them and look in their eyes and say, thank you very much and have a great day. Mm-hmm. And it's I I I mean, I I don't I don't wake up thinking, oh, what can I do to be kind today? One, I think I, I was I was certainly born a certain way, but I was also Talk, just to be aware of what's around you and be mm. thankful all the time for that makes me crazy when I go to dinner and uh, a, a server brings the meal and puts it down and the other couple that we're with just continue to talk without saying thank you. I get mm. I, I almost get a claustrophobic, just this feeling comes over me and I, I just, for, for them, I say thank you mm. I, I, and I, I do it constantly and some of my friends make fun of me that I'm always thanking <laughs> anything that's not nailed down, but I, I yeah. do. And I am thankful. I'm thankful. To, I'm thankful to still be here. I've been through a lot of surgeries and have been cut open a lot of times. And I'm, mm. I'm so thankful to my doctor who, who I think is a genius that keeps me walking 50 miles a week and allows me to be able to go into the gym and lift weights because mm. of, of spine problems. And um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it's just, Look, I think I was born a thankful person, and a person that is aware. But I, uh, you know, we're all works in progress, and we all have to just keep working to be the better, best people that we could be. And I think, without going into politics right now, but I think that the world is, and this country is in a bad place, and there's lots of hate and division, and um, and that that makes me sick. It just, it mm. really does. I because I there's so much to be kind and thankful for and, 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 and be aware of other people's choices and how they live their lives. And, um, and, and, and to support that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, th- this yeah. is a conversation I can go on for probably no. the next two hours.
0: But- I, listen, I could talk to you for the next two days, but I am getting the vibe that the mayor in Hocus Pocus, there might be some kind of mirror holding up to society with that storyline since i know there's a male mayor and something with power i don't know i i feel like uh that could be coming as well but
1: hey yeah no no you're you're right tony hale is is the mayor and he also plays a really cruel and mean um version of a town mayor um at the beginning of the film when the girls are 16 Mm. and um and uh Anyway, another one that, that's great. I mean, there's there's so many great additional people in, in this version of, of Hocus.
2: Mm.
0: I can't wait. I'm so sorry. I could keep talking to you forever, like I keep saying, but I will just say, to follow up on your kindness tip, I'm very aware of my gratitude right now, and I'm very thankful that you took the time to do this, and you were so kind and, and open, and when we hopped on the phone, you just immediately felt like an old friend, and that's really special, and that doesn't always happen, so... I'm grateful to have spoken with you and, and to know you a little bit now. And I can't wait to see Hocus Pocus too. And I thank you just for being such a great role model in this industry, because now we have this amazing talent on so many levels, multi-hyphenate that we can look up to, who we also know is a kind person, which is way more important than talent and all this other stuff. So thank that's, you.
1: That's so that's so kind of you. <laughs> it's so nice <laughs> of you. Uh, yeah, there's no other word. And, uh, and I've so enjoyed my time chatting with you. And I hope this is the beginning of a long friendship.
0: Oh, I hope so, too. Love to your family and your dogs.
1: Thank you. And to your fiance and your family.
0: Oh, thank Take you. Care. I appreciate that. All right. When are
1: you getting married?
0: Okay, to bring back the 11 thing, we're getting married on 11-11-22. So this November.
1: Oh, that's so exciting.
0: Yeah. In New England.
1: Oh, that's in New England, I I so envy you. And on 1111, so happy for you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means the world. And this was just amazing. And I wish you uh, a magical rest of your day. You
1: too, you're a sweetheart, really really special soul. Thank you. Thank
0: you, I feel the same about you. All right, I'll pull myself off, otherwise I'll never let you go. (laughs) Take care, thank you. You too, stay well. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. Ah, I just love David. Just as he so kindly gives credit to all of the things that initially sparked inspiration for Hocus Pocus, today's kindness tip is to give credit where credit is due. We all like a little credit, right? I mean, I know I want a good credit score. First of all, what, what? I always wanted extra credit in school as well. I mean, I wanted a credit card since I was really little. I was like, swipe that thing and let me buy some Hocus Pocus merch, right? (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. I think it's so important that we show appreciation for the people that have inspired us or given us a good idea. I urge you to stop right now, and I'm going to work on this as well, and think of someone who you can spotlight. For instance. If you have a friend over to your house and they compliment your decor, tell them who really picked it out. Don't say, oh, yes, I got that in Prague. I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. But tell them, oh, so-and-so gave this to me. Or, you know, my awesome fiancé, Rob, picked it out. Or for my artists out there, if you're working on a play and someone has a really great note or idea, make sure to tell them you think it's great. And give them credit should it get some praise. That said, for this specific episode, I want to give credit to some of my people. Thank you to my mom for coming along with me in such a spontaneous way on my Hocus Pocus 2 set visit all that time ago. (laughs) I'm going to share pictures from that, by the way. If you want to see, head to my Instagram at rawpeterpaul. I want to thank Allison and my Broadway Podcast Network family for helping to spread the word on this episode. Allison was able to get us an amazing exclusive In People magazine, which should be live right now. Ah, so exciting. Thank you to the amazing Hocus Pocus fan account, my friend Hocus Pocus Guide, for the support on this as well. Such a magical page. To my amazing siblings, since, you know, Hocus Pocus is all about sibling dynamics, I love you. To Cassie, my love, as always. And last but not least... I gotta give credit to you all for listening. Thank you. You have credit because you had a good idea to press play on this. Seriously, I appreciate you so much. Oh, audio hug. Now fly into the night. Go watch Hocus Pocus 2. And then please come back for more spectacular episodes here on the Art of Kindness podcast. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm about to go bake some sweet ology Halloween cookies in preparation for my party. Which, again, I cannot stop thinking about. <laughs> Until next time, please remember, everything's gonna be A-OK.